Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Good evening, not good morning, right? Uh, and almost Happy New Year. Feliz Año Nuevo. Um, and howdy if anybody's watching the, the live stream tonight or listening to the podcast later on. It's a privilege again to share the word with you. And as usual, you can follow along um, the outline in your Bible app, or you can grab a physical outline there in the printout box there in the back. And, um, you know, I'm really, really excited to dive into um, to our new theme for 2023, Christology, right? But first, can you believe, can you believe we finished every word? We have finished every word. So one last time, all together, together Matthew 4, 4 says, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God, right? Mateo 4, 4 dice, la gente no vive solo de pan, sino de cada palabra que sale de la boca de Dios. And all year long, our commitment has been to... Nuestro compromiso todo este año ha sido leer cada palabra. And you guys, today we officially finished the one year Bible. Woo! If you didn't finish, you can go home and finish up before, before midnight tonight. But we did it. Come on, turn to somebody and give them a big high five and say, we did it. If you didn't do it, that's all right. If you didn't listen, if you didn't do it, that's all right, because tomorrow is a new day and a new year. And starting tomorrow, we're inviting everybody to read through the Bible again. And this year, we're inviting you to join us on the Life Journal, okay? This year, we read through the one-year Bible. Starting tomorrow in 2023, we're encouraging and inviting everyone to read through the Bible using the Life Journal Bible reading plan, and it is going to be awesome. In fact, it's so Awesome, we really want you guys to do it. That right there in your Bible app, in the digital bulletin, there's a link that you can just click and it'll take you right to the Life Journal plan so you can get started on it tomorrow. Who's ready? <laughs> Today, tonight, I'm gonna continue teaching you seven ways to pray. This theme has been taking us back through the whole Bible that we read and we've been learning how to pray uh, through the word, right? And uh, I've been telling you guys that this is the way we're going to transition from 2022 into 2023. And then in the month of January, we always have a time of fasting and prayer. And I just want to remind everybody that January 15th through the 21st, okay, that'll be a Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, seven days of fasting and prayer. So I want to encourage you to be thinking about how you're going to fast those seven days. We're going to talk more about fasting in the next couple of weeks, okay? And then every evening at 7 p.m., we're going to have seven nights of prayer here all together. And we have some really exciting plans for prayer in 2023, but you're going to have to come back to stay tuned for what's coming there, all right? 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. New Living says, never Never stop praying. We've been learning that prayer is a lifestyle. It's not just something we do. It's the way we're supposed to live our life. Our life is meant to be a constant conversation 
with God, right? Because uh, we've been learning that if we stay on our face, we can never fall. That's right. If we stay on our face, we can never fall. How many of us believe that the best place to learn how to pray is um, right there in God's word, right? The Bible is the best place to learn how to pray. And we've been learning about these seven ways or seven prayer tracks. And although all of our praying can't be encompassed in a prayer track, not every single time you pray are you going to follow a prayer track. What prayer tracks do is that they help give us a model, right? They help give us a, a pattern. They help give us a way to get started and to stay on on track as we pray. And so we've been learning about uh, seven ways to pray. And, you know, we started uh, back in November with tabernacle prayer. Anybody remember that one? And then we learned about praying the names of God. And then we learned the prayer of Jabez. And that's a real easy one to memorize, right? And then the last time uh, we learned about Jesus' prayer model, or a lot of people call it the Lord's Prayer, right? And because I want to keep it brief tonight, because we're going to really end the service tonight with a time of worship and prayer, okay? What I'm going to do is just jump right on in to number five, which is Gethsemane prayer. Gethsemane prayer, or I like to call this the prayer of surrender. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time to surrender. Tonight we're going to be reading out of Mark 14 and Luke 22. Sit down for this one. Mark 14 and Luke 22, and both Mark 14 and Luke 22 um, are the same uh, setting, the same story, but sort of a different take um, on what happened. So are we ready? Who's ready for the word? Mark 14, 32. They went to the olive grove called Gethsemane. Say Gethsemane. And Jesus said, sit here while I go and, while I go and what? He took Peter, James, and John with him, and, because, and he became deeply troubled and distressed. I don't know about you, but when I think of prayer, I don't necessarily want to think of troubled and distressed. But it is a reality sometimes. And Jesus told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. A more modern way of saying that would be, I'm so filled with grief that I just would rather die. Right? That's how Jesus felt. Stay here with me and keep watch with me. He went on a little further and fell to the ground. And Jesus prayed that if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass by. I want you to read the next two words. What? Abba, Father, he cried out. Everything's possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. I want your will be, to be done, not mine. Come on, can you say that? I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned and found the disciples asleep. He said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watching, pray so that you won't give in to temptation. Come on, somebody. It's not a sin to be tempted. We don't have to give in. Looks like prayer might be the, the answer to that, but... He said, for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. And Jesus left them again and prayed the same prayer as before. When he returned again, he found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open. And they didn't know what to say. Imagine being with Jesus praying, and he comes and finds you twice asleep while he's praying. I wouldn't know what to say either. 
They didn't know what to say, and he returned to them a third time. He said, go ahead and sleep. Psych, <laughs> right? Have your, have your rest. But no, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Now, let's look at Luke 22. Same scene, same situation, but Luke's gospel. Then, accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went out as usual to the Mount of Olives. There he told them, pray that you will not give in to temptation. He walked away about a stone's throw, knelt down and prayed. Father, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Come on, can we pray that again? Your will be done, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently, and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. At last he stood up again and returned to the disciples, only to find them asleep. But we learned something, that they were exhausted from grief. Not only was Jesus grieving, but they were grieving because he had told them what was about to happen. Why are you sleeping, he asked them. Get up and pray so that you won't give in to temptation. You know, I see the heart of God here that God never leads us into temptation. The Bible says we're only led into temptation by our flesh, right? And God's desire for us, his heart for us is to not give in, is to not be overcome, but to overcome. But Jesus understood something the disciples had not yet understood. And that was the only way to overcome temptation was to truly press through in prayer. Tonight we're going to learn about the prayer of Gethsemane, what I call the prayer of surrender. Turn to somebody again and say, it's time to surrender. And see, tonight, you know, this prayer track, like we've learned the prayer of Jabez and Jesus model prayer and the tabernacle prayer and others. It's kind of like almost like something that we can pray kind of in order, right? This is more about the essence of the prayer than praying this in order, okay? The essence or the heart of Gethsemane prayer is simply the prayer of surrender, right? So a few observations, and then we're going to spend some time in prayer, surrendering tonight. Does that sound like a plan? Gethsemane prayer is wrestling with God. Wrestling with my flesh and submitting to the will of God. I don't know about you, but sometimes my flesh doesn't want to do the will of God. I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't really know the will of God very well because I'm very in touch with my own will. Anybody ever been there? But Gethsemane prayer or this type of prayer, the prayer of surrender is wrestling in prayer with God, wrestling with our flesh to submit to the will of God. And something happens as we struggle in prayer. If we really learn to struggle in prayer, we will learn to realize that God's will is better than ours. Has anybody ever found that out? That in a certain situation or circumstance or certain thing in your life, you come to find out, oh, God's will is better than mine. But we won't come to that realization if we don't struggle with it in prayer. Sometimes we've got to struggle in prayer. And I want to encourage you to know if you felt like sometimes you're praying and it's like a struggle, that's okay. That's one way to pray. That's one type of prayer. 
Jesus did teach his disciples to pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy will, you know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, and all that. But he also showed them this type of prayer, which is a prayer of struggle. Jesus, the thing I love about Gethsemane prayer the most is that Jesus was doing this in his humanity. God, the word who had taken on humanity, had taken on human flesh, he'd taken on a body, skin, had living in the world like us. He was going through this as a human, not as God. He was struggling in prayer with the Father as a human, as one of us. And this is the, this is the greatest thing about all of this. He suffered through the struggle of surrendering his human will. And because he did it, we can do it. Come on, let me say that again. He did this for us to make this possible in us. Now we can struggle and surrender our own will and know and, and, and do the will of God because Jesus did it as one of us. He showed us how to not live in our own will, but to live in the will of God. And somebody needs to say, it's a struggle. <laughs> but you know what? It doesn't have to be a life of struggle. If we learn to struggle in prayer and quickly surrender... We'll experience the rest of what we're about to, to talk about, okay? If we'll learn to live our lives instead of fighting with God. Because see, Jesus wasn't fighting with God, but a lot of us do, right? A lot of us live our lives or, or in certain situations instead of, it's like we're in a fight between God's will and our will. Am I the only one that's ever been there? And we forget, oh, God's will is better. Because we think we know how things ought to be. The way things ought to go. And we're not willing to give up, give that up, to lay that down. Let me tell you this. You will only experience the things of God if you're willing to stop thinking you know how things should be. If, we, if I'm only if I'm willing to lay that down to say I give up thinking I know how things ought to be, the way things ought to go, only then will I be able to experience the will of God like this. And the, again, the amazing thing is that Jesus in his humanity went through this struggle in prayer and laying down his will and what he felt. Because here we're getting into the emotions of Jesus. Jesus, in his humanity, did not want to go to the cross, but he knew he was about to. And he knew it was the Father's will. But I don't see Jesus fighting with God. I see Jesus simply struggling with his own flesh. He was simply struggling to just come to grips with that realization to remember, Father, your will is better than mine. The disciples didn't know how to do this yet. That's why they did give in to temptation. Jesus was, in the wilderness was not the only time Jesus was tempted. The Bible says that when Jesus was tempted, remember in the wilderness, and he overcame the devil with the word of God, it said that the devil left him and waited for another opportunity. Well, here is another one right here. 
He was being tempted not to do the will of God, but to do his own. He was being tempted to go with his feelings or with his thoughts. And honestly, didn't want to go through the physical pain that he was about to suffer. But he did it for us. So now this can happen in us. Just as Jesus surrendered, laid his own way down, his flesh down, right? And surrendered to the will of the Father. Now we can do the same. And the greatest thing of all is that this now happens on the inside of us. We don't have to live our lives fighting against the will of God because now this thing called grace, because Jesus did it for us, the Bible says that by his spirit, God literally writes his desires, his will, his laws on our heart and in our mind, right? And so because Jesus went through this in prayer, we can also have the victory in prayer as we struggle with our flesh. Another very important thing, and, and again tonight, I'm not really giving you this, you got to pray this in order. These are just, you're going to see some big words flashed on the screen, all right? These are just some important elements as we pray. We already talked, uh, you, you, we already talked, you already, you already saw, it's about surrender. Um, the next one that's very important is that Gethsemane prayer or the prayer of surrender is abiding with God. Abiding with means to stay with him. And even better, him staying with me. <laughs> right? You know what? I, I'm glad that I have the opportunity to abide with God, but I'm even more glad that he abides with me. That he stays with me, right? It's abiding with God in struggle and stress and suffering. Or do none of y'all ever have any struggles, stress, or suffering? Anybody had any struggles this year? Anybody gone through stress? Anybody, str uh, anybody suffered this year? Well, the problem is a lot of times when we're under stress, we're suffering or we're struggling, we run from God instead of running to God. And, but Jesus didn't do that. He knew he was under the greatest stress anybody could ever be under. And instead of, instead of kind of getting cold or getting far away from God or isolating himself, he went to God. It's abiding with him in struggle. It's abiding with God under stress and knowing he abides with us if we abide with him. Instead of running from God during struggles, I want you to turn to somebody and say, run to him. The next important thing I see here is that Jesus called God Abba. Jesus called God Abba. A lot of times we see Jesus referring to God as Father, but this time he's crying out, Abba, Daddy, right? This is, this is a prayer of closeness. We see how closely they abided together. And this is how close we are to abide with God. The Bible says the Holy Spirit makes our heart cry out, Abba, right? When we're going through stress, struggle, or suffering, we ought not call out to God, God. We ought to call out Daddy. Like the God who's our Father, who's close to us, who cares for us, who has our, uh, our, our best in mind, right? We need to approach God in as Abba like Jesus did. This is so important, y'all. 
Jesus was confident that the will of God was good because he knew he could trust his Abba. Jesus knew that even though the will of God in this specific moment was going to be kind of really hard, (laughs) he knew that it was good because he knew that he could trust God, Abba. He knew that his father had his best in mind. And this is so important. Only people who know God as Abba will have confidence and peace through moments of struggle. The only way you're going to have peace and confidence that you're going to make it through struggles, if you know God as your Abba, if you know God not as father far away, but father up close, closeness. And the only way we find this closeness is as a lifestyle of prayer. Cultivating a lifestyle of prayer. See, Jesus had already developed this relationship with Abba. So he was ready. He was ready when the moment of struggle with his flesh came. Will you be ready? Come on, I better say that again. Jesus had developed through a lifestyle of prayer. He had developed his relationship with God. Abba, so he was ready when Gethsemane came. He was ready to not only struggle with his flesh, but to surrender his flesh because he was already abiding with Abba. Will you be ready when the moment of struggle comes? Will you be ready? Will I be ready when a moment comes when we have to lay something down? When we have to be willing to say, I'm going to give up thinking the way I think. I'm going to give up. Just going with my feelings. I'm going to believe that his will for me is good. And I'm going to surrender. I'm going to lay me down so he can have his way in me. Are you guys okay tonight? Is this helping anybody? I hope so because the next word is agony. (laughs) It says Jesus was agonizing so much and again medical doctors have have looked into this this condition where people can be under so much I've actually seen this one time I saw this one time in a person under such extreme stress but it wasn't good it wasn't it wasn't like Jesus (laughs) okay under such incredible Um, agony, emotional distress that the capillaries in his forehead burst. And so it was like he was bleeding out of his forehead. Later on, all bruised up. Okay? And and it says Jesus sweated like drops, drops of blood. This is like when blood literally, the capillaries will burst in his forehead and come through the sweat glands. That's I've been under stress, but not that stress. (laughs) Jesus literally, get this, he was taking on all of the stress of the whole world in that moment. For us. Look at me. Don't cop out under stress. Don't give up under stress. Don't ever accept an excuse I just can't do what God's asking me to do because it's too stressful Jesus Jesus already took that stress upon himself 
Our flesh resists surrendering. And we call that agony. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Agony is the result of resisting the will of God. And for a moment, Jesus experienced that for us in our place. What it feels like for one's flesh, one's feelings to resist the will of God. It's called agony. It's terrible. But, like Jesus, as we submit and obey the will of God, our agony is transformed into purpose. Like I said, we can only experience God's will if we let go of our own will. We can only have it God's way if we let go of our own way. Because what happened, because Jesus agonized and submitted was the next word, which is breakthrough. We always say the word breakthrough like it's this happy-go-lucky word. My breakthrough is coming. Just listen to the, what that word is. Break through. Means there's a wall. <laughs> Means there's something in the way. And in this case, it's our will. It's our own thoughts. It's our own desires. It's our own feelings. It's the way we think it ought to be. It's what we want to do. But if we, are, if we will pray like Jesus prayed, we'll agonize, we'll confront our flesh and lay it down, we will break through it into our purpose, into our divine purpose. Because y'all all know what happened on the other side of Gethsemane. What happened on the other side of Gethsemane was the cross and then the resurrection and the salvation of the whole world. I mean, not much later than Gethsemane, Jesus paid the price and then resurrected from the dead after going to the cross. And now he's the king of kings and Lord of lords forever and ever, the name above all names. And everyone who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. Because he agonized, but he didn't agonize and stay there. He laid it down. He laid his flesh down, his feelings down, his fleshly desires down. And he embraced the will of God. Because he did that, he broke through to the other side. And on the other side of our agony is divine purpose. We can never experience our divine purpose. We can never fully walk in our divine purpose until we lay ourselves down. We got to break through that. It's a prayer of transition, we could say. Breakthrough or transition, right? Everybody say transition. That's specifically why I specifically months ago decided on New Year's Eve, this was going to be the prayer track to pray. Why? Because tonight we're transitioning. Today is a day of transition. How, what do I mean by this? Let's surrender our own desires and embrace his plans and purposes for our life. What a better way to exit 2022 and enter into 2023. Laid down. 
surrendered to his will. The proper position in transition is surrender. I told you I was going to keep it short tonight. Let me just give you a final few thoughts because then we're going to pray it. This type of prayer keeps us awake. Look at me. People who are not willing to confront their flesh and lay it down and surrender to God in prayer will be asleep, spiritually asleep. The disciples were. They were asleep. And Jesus kept coming back. He, he, he didn't even just come once. He came two, three times. He's like, um, wake up and pray. Jesus was awake. Jesus stayed awake. I don't know about you, but I want to stay awake spiritually. I don't want to be caught sleeping. And finally, this type of prayer, the prayer of struggle, we don't only see it in this example, but throughout the Bible, you can find many examples. When we struggle in prayer, we access angels. It says an angel came and strengthened Jesus. You know what? I honestly think the angel came and strengthened him, and that gave him what he needed, that push he needed to get up and confront those who are about to come and arrest him. God knew Jesus' flesh needed a little bit of help. He could have just, I'm God the word, I can do whatever. But he, he did this as a human. And because he struggled with it and confronted it and laid himself down, God sent an angel to give him the strength that he needed to get up and keep going. And sometimes we're not experiencing angelic intervention because we are not surrendering. When we lay ourselves down, when we lay our desires and our own will down, we access angels. That excites me. Remember Jacob. Remember Jacob? That was a transition. <laughs> Remember Jacob, Peniel, when he wrestled with God? And an angel was there you know the other side of that Jacob became Israel hello breakthrough transition into divine purpose comes through Gethsemane prayer through the prayer of surrender I just want to encourage us tonight Let's learn to struggle and win the battle over our flesh in prayer. It is possible. In fact, it's what every Christian is supposed to do. I know there's a lot of Christians that think walking in the flesh is normal, but biblically speaking, it's not. We're supposed to live surrendered. And the only way to stay surrendered is to be willing to pray like this. I don't want, this is the way I pray it a lot. God, I don't, I don't even want a will. <laughs> I, I, don't even, I don't even want to want. I want to want what you want. I don't want to fight my will and your will. God, put your will in me.
And by the Holy Spirit, he does that. The Bible says he gives us the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Instead of a constant battle between your will and God's, how about you lay your will down and ask him to put his will in you instead? I'll tell you this. If you do, you will walk in your divine purpose. If you don't, you will not. You will live a life. I, I just, I, I'm just going to be really real to end the, the, the old year since we're going into a new one. You can have a life of agony. But agony was only for a moment for Jesus, not a life. He pushed through that, broke through that, and fulfilled his divine purpose. How many of us want to fulfill our divine purpose? You know, I know this is a a smaller service. It's a special service, but I... I don't want to go into what we're going to move into next until I make sure. So just for a second, if you wouldn't mind, bow your head and close your eyes. If we could just as much as possible avoid any distractions right now. The way you get into the kingdom of God The way to be saved is to surrender your life to Jesus. We're going to go into a time of worship and prayer. We're going to have an opportunity to take communion if you want. But I just want to make sure if you came here tonight lost, you can be found right now. Jesus is here to save you. If you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, or if at some point in your life you say, I did, but I'm not surrendered now, and you need to get right with God tonight, would you just very quickly? Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.